0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Sybil for Sex, the show where we talk sex, kinks, and everything between the sheets. I'm your host, Miss Sybil Shameless. How are you? I hope everything's going well for you. Uh, For me, it is overall a net positive. Um, I feel like I'm mostly living my best life, it would still be nice, you know, if I had money and <laughs> was able to, to travel, um, so hopefully at some point, you know, I get back to that stability, um, but I'm still feeling really good about everything that I'm doing, um, and I feel very empowered, and I'm stretching myself to try new things, uh, and it's all it's all, you know, going pretty well. Um, so for this week, uh, I didn't really have any super terrible interactions, so I wanted to instead take the time to talk about the Texas abortion ban. So as many of you know, um, the abortion ban, uh, starts at six weeks gestation, um, which most women don't even know they're pregnant, um, at, at six weeks. So it's kind of bullshit. And by kind of, I mean it's it's super bullshit. Um, especially, like, people who have never been pregnant before. Like, how are you supposed to know how pregnancy feels? And you might not even, you know, test positive if you do an at-home pregnancy test when you're six weeks gestation. Um, so it's all really fucking bullshit. I don't know how the federal government cannot overturn this because it really is unconstitutional. It is a complete rejection of bodily autonomy. And it's bullshit. It's just bullshit. Okay, let me put this into perspective for you. I got my period when I was eight. So technically, I could have gotten knocked up as an eight-year-old. And that happens. That happens. Eight-year-olds can get pregnant. and. It can be a result of having sex. Um, it can be a result, you know, a result of having sex uh, willfully. It can be a result of being forced to have sex, uh, being raped, being molested by a stranger, a babysitter, a, a family member. It's possible that an eight-year-old child will be forced to carry an unattended pregnancy do we really want 8-year-olds running around pregnant like no no we don't and you know i i hate that they that they parade around saying that they're pro life because they are only pro life until that baby is born after that baby is born, they're like, fuck you, figure out how to feed this thing, figure out how to clothe it, like, uh, so it just doesn't make any kind of fucking sense. And also, if you were truly pro-life, then you would also look at the women who are forced to terminate their pregnancy, or else it could be damaging to their life. There are babies having to be aborted because they died in the womb. And if, um, if a parent carries that to term, they can end up with sepsis and then they themselves can die. So don't fucking parade around saying you're pro-life. You are anti-choice. And quite frankly, I think you might even be more anti-life than, than pro-choicers. I also want to share a story about somebody I know who had an abortion. And if you think that you don't know somebody who's had an abortion, you are dead fucking wrong. Because there's still so much stigma surrounding abortion, especially now. Especially now when in Texas you can get um you can get a reward of ten thousand dollars for for ratting on somebody who's had an abortion. Um there are foundations like Shout Your Abortion. Um but we we still just don't talk about it a lot. But um I know somebody who who had uh three kids and shortly after giving birth to her third child, um She was diagnosed with thyroid cancer and had to have um, a form of radiation, and shortly after that found out that she was pregnant. And that baby would not have been viable, so she had to go and get an abortion. And that was a hard decision to make as somebody who, who loves her kids and who would have gladly had another child, but knew that the pregnancy would not be viable. So it's not it's not always just a form of it. <laughs> and I hate when people call it a form of birth control because it's not that's not it. Um, yes, sometimes we do make mistakes and we do not use protection, and then we get pregnant and we need to have an abortion. But I don't think we should be punished when. Getting an abortion can be the right thing to do all around. You know, I, I worked with a mother who had just had twins and about six months later found out that she was she was pregnant again. Um and the boyfriend was abusive. She was living in a homeless shelter, she had just been in jail. And she she asked me for resources on getting an abortion. Do you think that baby is really gonna grow up in the in the best place? I mean, her twins had been taken away because she had to go to jail. And I'm not saying that she's a bad mom. I think that we all deal with the with the cards that we are given and you make choices dependent upon where you are at and the tools and the resources that you have. So it's just it's really disheartening. It's it's so disheartening Um, and I'm grateful that I live in a place where I can procure an abortion if I need one. Um, But we also want to consider the fact that uh, abortions are not cheap. They're not. Um, And so it can be be hard to even afford an abortion. If you want to make a difference, one of the best things that you can do is donate to an abortion fund. Um, So that way people who need abortions are able to get them. um, And do not have to worry about the cost associated with them. Because that was the other thing. The woman that I talked about would not have had the money for it. Um, Fortunately, I knew a fund that I myself donated to and directed her to that. Um, So yeah, the, the equality between uteruses and those without is still... Unacceptable, and I hope that I hope that something is done. Um, You know, we've got a lot of vigilantes. You know, websites not working properly for folks who try to turn people in. Um, We've got doctors who are resisting, Um, and so I hope that I hope that something changes. And uh, you know, it's it's so true that abortions are not going to to stop. All they are doing is decreasing access to safe abortions and so people are going to take matters into their own hands and they're going to go back to using hangers and getting back alley abortions and hurting themselves and putting their own lives in danger. If you are if you are somebody who is quote unquote pro life, I I really urge you to take a look at at your beliefs and To consider the impact that this is having on the lives of women and children and people of all varieties. But um, I also wanted to, you know, I figured if I'm going to have a segment all about people that suck, I'm also going to have a segment about people who really brighten my day, my week, whatever. and I do want to say that the interviews I've been having have been so fucking fantastic. I'm so incredibly grateful to be doing what I'm doing. You know, I've, I think I'm becoming more emotional as I get older, uh, which kind of sucks. I've always been kind of a tin man, but uh, it's, like, it's like my tears just uh, <laughs> have been building up for ages and now they're starting to spill out all over the place. Because um, I've cried, I've cried tears of joy and overwhelm and anxiety, and I've also cried tears of of gratitude and amazement, and and almost every single interview I have, something is said where I get chills. And so I'm extremely grateful to have people on who are so open to, to speaking honestly and being vulnerable with me. Um, I, I appreciate that so much and I don't take any of that for granted. Um, so I do want to shout out that. Uh, but I did have somebody, um, on Reddit send me a message saying that, um, that they enjoyed my work and that, um, seeing, seeing my photos, um, were the best part of their day. And that made me feel great. Um, you know, I'd be lying if I said that I didn't I didn't do what I do for some form of validation, you know, I think that we all do. Um and so it was really nice to be recognized for that. That's obviously not the only reason that that uh I post sexy photos of myself, you know. Validation is nice, but it also feels really empowering to me. Um and I love myself and I think that we all need to love ourselves a little bit more. Um But yeah, that was that was really fucking cool. Anyway, um, <laughs> all my, all my rambling, um, I need to introduce this week's guest, and oh my gosh, I had such a fantastic time talking to them. I, you know, it's funny, I'm somebody who is very introverted, and yet... <laughs> everybody that I've interviewed I have wanted to be their friend like I just want to hang out with them and and this person is not an exception to that they are oh she's stunning she is stunning she is brilliant my guest this week is a boudoir photographer and she's also a fierce love advocate so we talk a lot about how boudoir can be used as a tool to increase your self-love and self-acceptance and I'm so grateful I'm so fortunate that she agreed to come on the podcast. Everybody, please welcome Alicia Schmidt from Buxom Boudoir. Yes. Welcome, Alicia. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast today.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah. So um, I have been following your Instagram accounts for a while. Um, obviously, I love sexy shit. Um, <laughs> and I I love boudoir photography. So if you could, please tell us a little bit about the work that you do.
1: Sure, so I am a boudoir photographer. I'm based out of a city in Wisconsin called Port Washington, which is a little bit north of Milwaukee. And I take intimate portraits um, that help people celebrate their bodies. So typically my clients are in lingerie or they're nude. And the goal is to get them in a place where they feel a little bit better about their body. That's my goal through my work and the space that I have set up is very joyful, celebratory, hopefully non-intimidating. And yeah, I just hang out with my clients for a couple of hours. And I, I like to tell people it's like two friends hanging out, one of us just happens to be naked. And it, we kind of go from there. And it's, it's wonderful. It's a, it's a completely different kind of genre of photography. Um, but I love it.
0: Yeah. I love that description that you just gave. I mm-hmm. think that's really awesome. You know, I think a lot of times when people first hear about boudoir photography, they think it's really, you know, all about the sex appeal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it is, it is sexy. Um, but it's also about that relationship with your own body and showcasing the the beautiful bodies that we all, that we all have. Um, so I love that.
1: Yes, exactly. I mean, even when I started, I've been doing this for almost five years now and when I first started shooting, I was very much in that other mindset of like, the goal is to take sexy pictures for your partner. Mm-hmm. That's why we do this. It's, it's a great gift. And my mind shift has completely changed since then, Um, this is definitely all about the individual now and feeling whatever it is you need to feel, whether that is feeling more sexy or just comfortable in your body or stepping outside your comfort zone by wearing something you've never worn before or you just want to feel more feminine, maybe you want to feel more masculine. There's, There's a lot of things people are working through when they come in for a boudoir shoot and that has been very exciting to learn.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. So I'm curious, how did you, how did you get started in boudoir photography?
1: That's a good question. So I have actually, I was worked as a hair and makeup artist for a long time. Um, so I was doing makeup for all sorts of photo shoots. And that's when I first learned what boudoir was because I was working with some photographers who shot that genre. And I was like, this is really cool. I really dig this. And then I moved away from where I had been working. Um, I came to port. And I wanted to book my own boudoir session and I couldn't find anything really in my county that, like, specialized in boudoir. So kind of naively, I just thought, well, I could do this, right? I I could do this. How hard could it be? Well, it's hard (laughs) in the best way. But, yeah, I would say I started just kind of out of a naivety. And I thought, well, the women around here deserve to feel good about themselves and at the time you know deserve to feel sexy and give something to a partner and that's where it all started i was getting married at the time i was starting this studio and uh it just kind of slowly built up to something bigger and bigger and bigger and now this is what i'm doing full time which i never would have thought five years ago so it was born out of complete ignorance and naivety (laughs) That's honestly the best place to start anything.
0: Um, you know, Neil Gaiman in his uh, famous make good art speech, he he says, you know, if you don't know the rules, then you don't know you're breaking them. Um, yes, this is very
1: true. Um, like, for example, you know, a lot of business stuff that I just didn't know and all of that good stuff, you know, the state of Wisconsin got extra tax money for me because I didn't know I had to do that. <laughs> fun things like that, that you learn as you go. But yeah, that's what I I started. And then my like self love journey was kind of kicking off at the exact same time. And that's as I started to learn more about myself, and how I needed to better the relationship with myself. That's when I was starting to take elements and put them into my business and be like, Oh, like, I don't want to feel this way anymore about me. I certainly don't want other women to feel this way about themselves. And I think I can use boudoir as that tool or as one tool to help women feel better about themselves. So that's how it all kind of like merged into more of a celebratory self-love goodness sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. And I think it's really cool to see, um, you know, small businesses really transform and figure out how they can be the best version of themselves, so to speak. Um yeah, that's amazing. Um so prior to this, had you ever sat for a, a boudoir shoot yourself?
1: Yeah. So um I had booked my own session for my wedding um prior to this with a great photographer out of Walkshaw and Uh, So I knew like how scary and intimidating it can be. And I was even shooting with someone who I knew because I had done makeup for her studio. Mm -hmm. And I was still very intimidated and nervous. Um, So I know what that feels like to be on the other side of the camera and lay out all your body insecurities to someone else and hope and pray that they don't judge you for them. And if you're a boudoir photographer, you're not. So that's very cool to be in like that safe, comfortable space with someone and be like after, you know, 15, 20 minutes, you feel a lot better and you realize, oh, I'm not being judged. Nobody cares that I have stretch marks or scars or extra whatever, like no one cares. And that is like this big weight. You can just feel it like lift off your shoulders when you have that realization. Um, and, and yeah, it was it was a great experience. And I've done several since uh, I just did one like two weeks ago. And yeah, I, I had uh, never thought, you know, five, 10 years ago that I would be the kind of person who would be on the other side of a camera also like in lingerie. Like that was not something I thought I could ever do. Um, and it's been I'm like, very proud of myself that I can do that now.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, that just sounds so empowering to have your full body on display and to have somebody there who's just saying, wow, you have a, you have a body and it's a, it's a good body. Like Mm -hmm. what you're working with is, is amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. I love that. And I, I wish that there was more of an understanding about, um, yeah, doing boudoir for yourself and not necessarily for somebody else. Um, so I'm, I'm curious, um, A lot of clients that are coming into you are they coming into with kind of that um preconceived notion about what boudoir is
1: it's kind of like a 50 50. i think a lot of the people who do reach out to me have been following me for a while so they kind of get my they get where i'm coming from um i do get a lot of like bridal inquiries which i love i love doing bridal boudoir and it is always like oh i'm getting married i want to do this as a gift and i'm like That's amazing. What I like to tell them is that the gift is just like the cherry on top. That's great. Like your partner is going to love it. How could they not? But what I care about is your photographer is you. So tell me about you. Let's let's talk on the phone and I can learn about your goals, your visions. There's a pre-shoot questionnaire they get that's focused on them and whatever your partner gets. That's just the bonus. Even when they're sitting and looking at their photos. I've had some people say, well, I know that my partner would really like this photo because, you know, oh, it's off my butt or whatever. And I say, what do you want? Mm-hmm. I, he, he or she is not gonna care <laughs> what pictures are in the book. I can pretty much guarantee they're gonna be ecstatic about whatever they get. So what do you like? What do you want? Because again, I think boudoir can be a tool. And so when you are having a bad body image day, what photos do you need to look at in order to remember, oh, I'm a boss. Oh, I do have a good body. My body is a good body. Look at everything it's done for me. Look at all I've accomplished with it. I need my clients to pick photos that are going to serve as that reminder. I really don't care if your spouse is like a butt or a boo person. (laughs) Like, if that's important to you, sure, we could throw some of those in. But is it important to you? Because I want my clients to get the photos that are most important to them. So once we have that conversation, even if my clients do walk in with a preconceived notion that this is strictly a gift, by the end, um, it has become more of an empowering session for them specifically, which is my goal.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And yeah, I think that even if you are going in for a gift, like your partner wants to see what you feel are the best parts of you. Like, I love that. Love that explanation. Yes. Like, you know, we always say like confidence is sexy and like, it's hard to get to a, to a place of confidence, but if you feel good about yourself, you know, if you have a photo where it's like, of course I have fat rolls and I have cellulite and, but like, God damn, look at how fucking good (laughs) I look. Like, it doesn't matter your partner's not gonna see that they're gonna see you and how radiant and beautiful and sexy and powerful you are mm-hmm. i think that's really important um so i imagine you have a lot of folks coming into you who are kind of like shy and unsure at first how do you how do you help these folks feel more comfortable in their own skin literally <laughs>
1: Yeah, great question, because guess what? Almost all of them walk into my studio nervous. Mm -hmm. First, I want to say that's a completely normal feeling, because odds are you're doing this for the first time. And that feeling of like anxiety and nervousness, that's just your brain's way of protecting you. Your brain is like, we've never done this before we are uh, breaking all of the rules by doing this kind of like uh, we're going to have our body on display that's not a thing we're supposed to be doing because of, of x y and z and blah blah, blah 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 so your body's just trying to protect you mm-hmm. so very normal to feel nervous and when you when they come in for their session the first thing we've got music going i've got a great hype playlist that i have going music is very helpful um, my energy is normally pretty high. I ask them how they're feeling. I assure them that their feelings are very valid and normal. Um, and then we take a look at everything that they have brought. They get to stay in their comfy clothes for a while. We do hair and makeup. Um, either myself is providing hair and makeup or I have two fantastic artists that I work with. And we just talk for the first like hour, hour and a half. They're getting their hair and makeup done and we're just talking. Um, And we get to know each other. I get to hear all about their dogs or their kids or what they do for work. And at this point then, when it is finally time to wear that first outfit, uh, we all feel like we know each other and it's a lot less scary then. Um, And I always start with the outfit that is, I typically always start with the outfit that is uh, the most conservative, showing the least amount of skin because that's less scary to get into than me being like, all right, first outfit, wear nothing. <laughs> like <laughs> We can build to that point if my client wants to, but I would not ever start someone there. Um, and then when they do come out in their first outfit, you better believe I am hyping them up. I complimented genuine compliments too. like I will specifically pick out the things that I'm like, that's gorgeous. Um, And then we we go over the ground rules of the shoot, which I think is really, really important, too, for helping with that nervous feeling. I let my clients know they're in full control of the session. So if I suggest a pose and they don't want to do it, we're not going to do it. Um, If I have them in a pose and it becomes too uncomfortable to hold, they don't have to hold it anymore. If they need a water break, we take a water break. If they need five minutes to just breathe and decompress, we take a five minute break. Like I am the one who is photographing them, but they are in full control over what is gonna happen during that session. And I'd like to think that hearing that helps bring those nerves down too because it's a way to practice body autonomy. And I think that that helps people feel more comfortable in their skin as well. And then, of course, through the whole shoot, I'm showing them images on the back of the camera. I am just cheering them on the whole time. And it doesn't take very long at all for people to suddenly feel very comfortable in their skin and kind of forget that they're in lingerie or less. Um, Yeah, and it's very cool to watch people come in like very nervous and shy. And then all of a sudden, just a mere two hours later, they're like rocking it in front of the camera. They don't care if their nipples are out. They don't care if their butt is showing, like they're ready to just take all the pictures. And that is very, very cool to see.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I imagine that's such like an amazing transformation. And I feel like that would give me so much like energy and, and like, just like, yeah, fuck yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very rewarding. The reveals, so I show images to my clients the same day as their session. We take a little break and then they get to come back and look at everything. And the reveals, I think are, that those are my favorite parts. Like the sessions are great. I love them. But the reveal where my client gets to see themselves, oh, it's just the bee's knees. It is the best thing ever because... They always like more photos than they think. They end up liking photos of parts of their body that they told me at the start they didn't feel comfortable about. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've had a client on their pre-shoot questionnaire tell me like, I'm insecure about my stomach. And then what do they do? They buy an image of their stomach and they put it in the album. And I'm like, that right there is why we do this. <laughs> Can you believe yeah. this? <laughs> Like, This is amazing. You told me you didn't like this and you're taking home an image of it. How freaking cool is that?
0: Oh, I love that. I think I think I would probably be brought to
1: tears like every single time because I'm already like, oh, God, <laughs> there are plenty of tissues at the studio for that exact reason.
0: <laughs> I love that, though. I mean, that just makes me so, so happy just in, in because you know, when we when we look in the mirror and when we look down, and I feel like stomachs are a pretty big issue for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, it shouldn't be that way because we all have different bodies and we carry weight differently. And also, like, it just doesn't matter. Um, but society tells us that it does. So mm-hmm. we, we look at ourselves with a certain lens, so to speak. Um, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so when you can capture an angle where it's like, hell yeah, I have a belly and look at how soft and supple and feminine it is. Or, mm-hmm. you know, look at how fucking like rock hard this one muscle is or whatever. It's just so empowering. And so I love that. Yeah, um, it feels really good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure. Um, so what do you do as far as like editing for photos?
1: Yeah, this is a great question as well, especially because it is such a... Mm, every photographer is feels differently about this. Um, and I have actually struggled with this myself. So what I do is a little bit of skin smoothing. Um, and then I run, I will remove anything that is not a permanent part of your body. So if it's not gonna be on your body in 10 days, I'm gonna take it off. So if your dog scratches you before you come for your session or you have a gnarly breakout or whatever it may be, right? So our bodies are always changing and looking different, I will remove that for you. Um, I do tend to leave scars unless my client specifically asks for me to remove them, and I will respect that. Um, but I don't do any liquefying. I'm not going to make you look smaller than you are. I'm not going to make anything bigger than it is, um, et etc. et cetera. And then a dodging and burning, which is just bringing up, like, highlights and shadows a little bit more. So that's all I do, and I find that that's – I I like where I'm at right now, but even sometimes I wonder, like, should I just be showing, like, should I do any editing? Should I not do any editing? Or, like, you know, where's the line? And I think every photographer has to figure that out for themselves and figure out what's best for their clients. And whatever the end goal is, their editing should kind of fit with that. For people who are like, no, I'm making, like, I really want these to look like super artistic painterly shots. You're probably going to do a lot more editing to get that, style. And for other people who are like, no, I want this to my sessions to be super raw and emotional. Maybe you don't do any skin retouching or anything like that. You know, I don't think there's a right or a wrong way necessarily, as long as the way that you're editing fits your end goal. Um, so that's what I do. Like I said, the little bit of skin smoothing and then uh, remove anything that's not permanently a part of your body. And that that's pretty much it.
0: Yeah. And I, I really appreciate that explanation um, because, yeah, it does. It does depend so much on what you and the client are both aiming for. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, with your with your business model, it makes sense to be like, you know, we we all have those days where we get like, that's it. Let's like write, and, you know, in the corner of our mouth or whatever. And it's but it's not permanent, you know, where things like stretch marks and and, you know, are scars, whatever they may be, like those are things that are permanent and they're part of us and they they tell a story.
1: Right. And like, even if, you know, if you get that acne breakout or whatever, that's fine too. Your body's going to do that. Like skin has texture. It happens. I just, again, I find that it's best for me and my clients to remove stuff like that. Um, like one thing, and I don't, I don't even have a right answer for this, but like one thing that lately I've been really struggling with is removing like spots um, from, from butts. So butts have spots on them sometimes, not everybody's butt, but a lot of butts. I've seen a lot of butts. Okay. (laughs) And about, oh, quite a few of them have little marks or acne scars or spots or whatever. And these are often more permanent. It's not like, a zit where it just goes away? Like it's a permanent part. And I typically Photoshop them out. My clients ask me to, and I, I just do, um, And I've been thinking like, well, maybe the reason my clients are asking me to Photoshop it out is because they don't ever see any pictures of the spots. But the reason they don't see any pictures of the spots is because I'm Photoshopping them out. And it's like this cycle where I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Like, do I leave the spots? Do I take the spots out? Like, If you have spots on your butt, I want you to know that's totally normal. A lot of people do completely fine. And maybe I just need to start doing self-portraits because I have little spots on my booty. Maybe that's the solution to that. As I start doing more Twishy Tuesday shots, that's my butt with no spot removal. That way people see, oh, this is a normal thing because that's the thing when you're a photographer, if you're always editing something out, of course, people who are not photographers are going to think that's how a body looks naturally. And that's not always the case, as we know from, you know, countless fashion advertisements and and such and such. Like we know that that's not real. And I think as photographers, we, especially boudoir photographers, maybe we owe some of that to our clients. We, you know, I don't know. It's, it's a weird place to be in.
0: Yeah. Thank you for, for that honesty though. And, yeah, I am. I am part of the, the butt acne club. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I do appreciate. So I feel like I have kind of curated my social media. So that way I follow accounts that show real unedited bodies, you know, or minimally edited. Um, and that has been really empowering for me um, because it's like, we've all got shit going on, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I know, so for myself, when I take images, I'm like, if my butt has a spot, it has a spot. Like that just, that just is what it is. And I leave it. Um, But yeah, it's, it's a really an interesting place to be in. And I imagine it's even more so for you being somebody who does create these images and being a part of like what we view as normal.
1: Yeah. It's, it's strange kind of as this like content creator to, I don't, you know, have some say over how people are viewing bodies. Um, and so yeah, maybe maybe the solution there is just on my Instagram, you're gonna see more of my butt. Who knows? Unedited. I'm not mad about it. Coming to the feed soon.
0: <laughs> I love this. I'm not mad about it. I don't think any of my listeners are gonna be mad about it. Like, yes, all the butts. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, though. Uh, so I know Instagram is like notoriously like always trying to to make things less sexy for certain people. Um, so I'm curious, have you encountered any issues with your accounts? Have any of your images been flagged or removed or anything?
1: Oh, you betcha. I- <laughs> I've gotten flagged so many times. I've been shadow banned more times than I can remember at this point. And what stinks about a shadow ban is that you don't know, they don't tell you that you've been shadow banned and they don't tell you when the shadow ban has been like reversed. So you're just living in no man's land, hoping one day more than six people are going to see your picture again. Um, I have had a lot of photos flagged. I've had a lot of photos taken down. Um, I now kind of know what I need, what I'm allowed to post quote unquote. Um, and I have actually feel, I feel like I've had more issues with, um, plus size bodies, larger bodies getting removed than smaller bodies, which Sucks. Um, Fat phobia is rampant on Instagram. Uh, TikTok is even worse. TikTok is the worst. I cannot post any boudoir work anymore on my TikTok because every single video gets flagged and taken down. And on Instagram, yeah, if I I post someone with a larger body um, and they're like, topless or like doing a hand bra or something. Like again, I no nipples showing, but I can pretty much guarantee it's going to get taken down. Um So unfortunately, I don't post any like of my nude or topless work anymore every now and then I'll try to sneak one in and nine times out of 10, it gets flagged and taken down. I, so it, it's unfortunate because I have people ask me, like, oh, well, do you shoot nudes? Are you comfortable with nudes? And I'm like, yes, I'm so comfortable with it. But I'm sorry that you don't see any of that work on my social because I can't put it there. I'd rather have a feed full of, you know, people in lingerie than no feed at all. And that stinks. But if you want to see the work I do that is of nude people, go to my website because it's all there. <laughs> So it's it's a tricky, it's a tricky line, you know, on one hand, well, Instagram's a free platform, so you have to play by their rules. But on the other, what if their rules are stupid and I don't want to? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the struggle of every sex worker. (laughs) It's like, it's uh, really like they're, Sometimes they take a step forward and then they take two steps back. And it's like, it's just easier at this point to post stuff where nothing is showing that they don't want showing than try to fight the system. And that blows. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's hard
0: too. It's hard too because sometimes like you are abiding by all the rules. You're like, I'm completely clothed. And they're like we see too much butt cheek
1: (laughs) yes this is why i can't get away with it on TikTok anymore they flag all of my i i don't post like nudes anymore on there even with the sensor bar i'm like oh that's not worth it i'll give them what they want i'll post women in lingerie nope that all gets flagged and i'm shocked because i'm like if they're as covered as they are in a swimsuit and i see people in swimsuits all the time on my feed like so many bikini bodies. I actually see a lot of people in lingerie too. So it's like I I got flagged one too many times in the beginning while I was figuring out what I can and can't get away with, that now uh, just any video that even shows a teeny tiny amount of skin, the bots are like, you're done, you're done. And then every time I get hit with one of those, I feel like it just makes my situation even worse. So unfortunately, if you follow me on TikTok, you're not really gonna see any boudoir work anymore. And that I just as what it is, (laughs) it sucks.
0: We will most definitely be sharing your website. um, Thank you. (laughs) Your work is so beautiful and and I think we all need to see it. Um, (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) so a lot of, I'm sure there are a lot of people who are curious about doing a boudoir shoot um, and want to do one, but have, not been ready to um, pull the trigger, so to speak. Mm
1: -hmm. What advice
0: do you have for these folks?
1: So I like to tell people when you're thinking about doing a boudoir shoot, um, step number one, you need to find a studio and a photographer that you jam with. Because even if you find like a website of work and you're like, wow, that work is gorgeous. If you and that photographer are not going to click, you are not going to have a good experience. And that has, that can have some really detrimental effects Outcomings like later on like if you don't have a good time during your boudoir shoot that can really mess up your body image even more So make sure you are down with the photographer if that means setting up a phone consultation That's what I do with all of my clients. We're going to talk on the phone because if you don't like me, you need to know that Um, Or at least reading the content on their website follow them on social media get to know their voice get to know who they are as a person, and decide if you like them. And then once you like them and you're like, yes, I want to do this, um, yeah, just talk with them, email back and forth, talk on the phone, uh, get to know each other a little bit. I would say they should probably have some kind of questionnaire for you to fill out so that they can get to know you and create a session for you. Um... And then if you want, again, every studio is a little bit different. If you're really, really nervous, I would say bring a friend with. Um, I allow a guest to come with any photographer. I know some studios do not allow that. Uh, Personally, I think it's weird to tell someone like, yeah, please come to my studio and get half naked, but you have to come alone. (laughs) You must be alone. I I don't know, just as a woman, that kind of rubs me the wrong way a little bit. Um, But again, every photographer has to make their own studio rules. I'm sure there's a reason they have that rule. But for me personally, I would say bring a friend, someone who's gonna hype you up, someone who's gonna make you feel good. Um, Go shopping for lingerie that again, makes you feel good, comfortable. Um, You don't have to wear anything that is like way extreme outside of your comfort zone if you do not want to. And understand that, again, you should be in full control of your session. So you should never ever be doing something that you do not want to do. So if your photographer is like, hey, okay, it's time to get naked. And you're like, no, then that's it. That, that should be it. So, and again, that, would, that should be something that you talk about with your photographer probably before the shoot. Um, and I think it's important to understand as well before you book a boudoir shoot, if you're nervous about it, which again, almost everybody is, Understand that this will not solve all of your body image problems. <laughs> I w- Oh, you know how wealthy I would be if that was the case? I would sell that in a <laughs> bottle. Like, I would be great. But it's just, it's not like a magic wand that's just going to go, boop, you love yourself now. Understand that boudoir is one of many tools you should be implementing in your life that will help you build that and grow as a person. Um, so... It's unfortunately, yeah, not a magic wand, but it is one thing you can do along with whatever else it may be that makes you feel good, maybe affirmations, maybe therapy, maybe et cetera, et cetera, working out, I don't know, whatever it may be. Um, you know, boudoir is just one element of a whole tool chest you should have to, to work on that body image. Um so that's, yeah, that's probably what I would tell people before they're ready to like jump right in. Another great thing too is like limited edition sessions or mini sessions or something like that. If you're like, oh, I don't know, a whole hour and a half of like being in laundry sounds very scary. Just dip dip a little toe in the water. Do like a smaller session, maybe a mini or a limited edition session um, and just and just try it. Those are normally a much shorter length or go with a friend if you know someone who's like, going to book a session. Um, and they're cool with it. It I think it helps to go beforehand and see what a session looks like. Um, or if the studio that you're interested in is having an open house, go check it out. Go meet them in person. Go check out the studio. Um, all of this is a great way to get to know the place that you're about to book before you know committing a lot of time and money to that studio so go check out the place in person maybe tag along on a shoot if you can hang out on that photographer's social media set up a phone consultation those should all be things that kind of help get you in the right uh frame of mind
0: yeah thank you thank you for all of that that's so helpful and Me. i i am a part of that group where i have wanted to book a boudoir session for years um and for me, it's more been about, like, the the time commitment and also, you know, I now that I've started my own business in the middle of the pandemic, it's like, I have no money. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, but someday, someday I'm going to. It's on my bucket list. Yay! Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so a lot of us, including myself, are, like, amateur models. Um, you know, like I said, I take pictures of my butt. I love my body. I... <laughs> Um, I jokingly always say like, I want to have a full wall full of pictures of myself because I am, I I think we all need to love ourselves a little bit more. Um, so I'm curious, do you have any, um, hot tips on like taking a sexy selfie?
1: Oh, I do. Um, so I would say first put on a good playlist music that makes you feel hot. You're going to want that going in the background. Uh, second, think about... Angles when you're shooting. Like if something can bend, bend it. That's always kind of my my go to. We want to make triangles when we can, and then we want to emphasize curves when we can. So arms are almost always bent in some way, shape, or form. Knees are almost always bent in one way or another. Um, If you're taking a booty shot, put that camera that you got set up, take your phone, and I want you to put it at a lower level and angle it up. Towards your butt. Don't take it like straight on. You're gonna like the result a lot better if it's a little bit lower than you and angled up. Um, and then the other, the other tip that I learned actually during the pandemic is to take a video of yourself. Stop doing the timer thing where you set your phone to 10 seconds and then you run and try to pose and then you run back. <laughs> you will get exhausted. I have been there. It is a workout. So just set your phone up, hit record. And then once you've, you know, been doing poses for five, 10 minutes, watch the video. And when you see a pose that you like, you're going to screenshot it um, and you're going to like that's going to just be so much easier than running back and forth uh, with the camera. So, yeah, bend something. If you can bend it, think about making a, like emphasizing your curves more. So you're going to be pushing your weight probably a lot onto your hips, um, pushing your chest forward, stuff like that. And then, yeah, don't, don't do the timer thing on your phone. You'll be so tired. No one feels super hot when they're sweating and exhausted. <laughs> like, oh, yes. you're going to be too, you're going to be too tired to do the things that you hope the selfie will result in. I can tell you that.
0: <laughs> yes, I've been there. Um, Actually a game changer for me has been, I got a little uh, Bluetooth shutter button and perfect that I've, Oh my gosh, I can't even, I can't even like begin to describe how much of a difference it makes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I shoot on a Canon and there's an app uh, that you can get on your phone that will show you what the back of your camera looks like while you're shooting. So I used to set my camera up and do the running back and forth. And now I just hold my phone in front of me and I'm like, yep, that looks good. And I can click the shutter right from my phone and Mm. click the three second timer right from my phone and then chuck my phone out of the shot. And get a picture of me that I like. I'm like, this is so much better. (laughs) Oh, I love technology
0: is wonderful sometimes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Alicia, it's been so great talking to you. And um, I want to give you an opportunity to tell us where we can
1: find you and where we can support you. Thank you. Yeah. So I am BuxomBoudoir.com online. That's B-U-X-O-M-B-O-U-D-O-I-R how you spell me. And I'm on Instagram as well. I'm on Facebook, same name, Bucks and Boudoir. I'm on TikTok, same name. But like I said, you're not gonna see much of my photography work on TikTok. You're just gonna see like me and my dog, mostly. Um, And then uh, you can contact me through my website. Um, There's contact forms all over on there if you want to learn more or set up a shoot. And then on Facebook, I also have a private Facebook group for women and non-binary folks. That's called Bucks Babes, and you can join that. And we do a lot of talk about self-love, body positivity, body love, um... All kinds of good stuff as well as boudoir. So even if you're like, well, oh, boudoir maybe will not ever be for me, that's okay. You can join the Facebook group and you're gonna learn and grow a lot from like everything else that we talk about.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate you so much for coming on and sharing all your all your wisdom and inspiration about, you know, body love and just ah, I've this has been <laughs> such a good conversation for me. I'm like I don't often get almost moved to tears, but, like, I was. Uh,
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. This was so wonderful. Uh, This was a little bit of a step outside of my own comfort zone. So thank you for making this a very, very enjoyable experience.
0: Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Thanks, Alicia. Thank you so much for listening to Sybil for Sex, the show where we talk about sex, kinks, and everything between the sheets. If you like what you hear, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. To see additional content from me, you can find me on Instagram at Sybil underscore We'll see you next week. Bye!